So for the last couple of weeks, you guys know that we've been talking about ships. We've talked about ownership. We've talked about relationship. Uh, last week, we talked about get yourself on the ship and bring your friends. Uh, this week, uh, I need to go over something that I, I think is not uh, covered enough, just culturally speaking, because whenever you get on a ship, there is a captain. And when you are on the captain's ship, you have to play by the captain's rules. Interesting. I've, uh, I, 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 like to, I like to read. Um, I read uh, while I work out, a.k.a. I listen to books as I work out. It counts. Judgy. It counts. And uh, so I, I read, I, one of the most interesting books was, uh, was actually about Magellan circumnavigating uh, the globe and just seeing what he did to keep his men in line. And, uh, you know, for Magellan on his ship, if you, uh, if you went against him, he would tie your hands behind your back and then tie that rope to a hoist and then leave you hanging. And if your arms would not dislocate and go backwards up over your head, then they would tie weights to your feet until they would. And so for Magellan, it was his way or the highway. And that's just kind of how a ship works. Someone is in charge. There are rules. This is, and, and, and so this is the thing. This ship is the kingdom of God. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And if you want to be on this boat, I want you to know where it's going and what the captain requires of you. Because you don't have to be on it. I want to take just a moment to say this. Some of you are like, I don't even know if I believe there is a boat. And I love you. That's part of my story. It was, it was very hard for me to believe in God at all. Uh, and, and so there were just some things that came very, uh, very slowly for me. It was very difficult, uh, a very long process. Uh, but but I, I now, of course, have <laughs> settled on this. I am, I, am on the, I am on the ship. Jesus is my captain. I'm on this boat. I want you to be on it. But I want you to understand that if you're not quite sure if you even believe what we're talking about, I have so much sympathy and love for you. And uh, so I just want you to maybe just, just explore the possibility today, uh, today that, that there is something. We know it was, it was really hit in the 60s, uh, checking some waves out in outer space, and then again in the 90s, and most scientists today will tell you that despite what we thought earlier in this century, there is a beginning to the universe. And so we believe in the beginning, God. And you say, then where did God come from? And I say, I don't know. I believe in Him by faith. And maybe you don't have enough faith to make that jump. But let me tell you, if you don't have enough faith to make that jump, you're left with one of a couple, maybe even one option. In the beginning, nothing created everything. And that takes more faith. You can add as many millions or billions of years to in the beginning, nothing, but nothing makes nothing every time, no matter how long you give it. And so you say, well, there was a singularity. There was a something. Where did that come from? And no one knows. They believe in that singularity by faith. So I say in the beginning, God. You say in the beginning, a singularity, right? So there's not a way around faith. So I just want you to just explore that for a minute because I've read the books. Uh, like I've had to look at both options. And, and I, just, I just I want you to do the same thing and know that 
I'm going to be your friend, whatever you come up with. I love you, whatever you come up with. Uh, but, but maybe just, just entertain this for a minute. Now, uh, before I get into the scripture for today, I want to take a quick commercial break. We've got a couple things going on uh, this evening. Uh, we've got a Bible study. You heard that in announcements. We'll be over at the Student Center. You could almost hit that building with a rock from here. Really cool place. Come over there, hang out. Uh, I'm in that Bible study as well, I, and I love it. Uh, we, it. We have a good time. It's cool. Uh, secondly, Brittany, are you still in here? Brittany was just up here singing. Uh, she, yep, there she is with her hand up right there. Uh, if you want to play some volleyball tonight, she's got that going on. Okay, so she'll be out in the foyer when this is uh, over. If you want to hang out, play some volleyball, I have a blast doing that. Okay, so uh, please do that. Thirdly, but not last, we have an opportunity. Um, there is a couple in this room by the name of Mike and Julie Moynihan. Mike and Julie, would you stand up? Where are you, Mike and Julie? Here, oh, here they are right in front of me. There's Mike and Julie. Stay, stay, stay. No, no, Julie, you don't get away that easy. Okay. Uh, now, Mike and Julie, because I want you to see, would you, I need to give, it, give us a, a turn. Okay, there we go. Now you know who you're looking for. They're going to be right here when service is over. You, you can, I don't know why you're still standing. You can sit. Um, listen, Mike and Julie are leading a team to Ecuador. Uh, they're leading a team to Ecuador. They're doing evangelism. They're working with um, they're working with a Christian school. So you'll be working with the students there. They're working with uh, local churches and doing a lot of evangelism. And uh, I'm going to get it wrong. The date is June 16th through 23rd. Okay. So uh, we need people from this body. Uh, to, to jump in and go to Ecuador and, and do some ministry. A uh, very safe place to be, uh, if that's a concern for you. But if you are wondering, maybe, maybe I'm interested in this. Nobody's making you sign a contract today. Please go talk to them. They'll be here when service is over, and we really need your help to make this happen, okay? Because we've got to pull the trigger on this in a couple, uh, in a couple of weeks. So that's the boat that we're in. I uh, would love for you to visit with Mike and Julie, and I really think that you will have, you will have your world rocked if you will jump in and go to Ecuador. Okay, I'm in John today, John chapter 1. The first 18 chapters of John are a prologue, and in the Bible, often you get a prologue. You get a little bit of summary about the rest of the book. In John, we're actually going to get a summary about the rest of the world, and really to the end of time. But we're going to meet the captain today. I can think of no better passage uh, to take you to than to meet your captain through this. We're going to stay here, and this is really how I recommend that you read. Just, just take... Take God's Word and see what's there. Don't try to put anything into it. Certainly don't put yourself into it. Just take it out and learn something about God. You say, well, this verse or this passage doesn't apply to me. It's not supposed to apply to you. It's about God. And so I have to know who's the captain of my ship and where this ship is going before I jump on. There's a few things I want to know. I want you to uh, follow with me. All the scripture will be on the screen. Listen, no one expected you to walk in here as a Bible scholar today. In fact, you may not even have a Bible. We have them for you in the foyer on your way out. It's a joy for us for you to take that. Please take that. That is free to you. Okay. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, and there we stop already. Uh, you, you know that in our 
language, in the English language, if I want to say, um, if, if I want to emphasize something, I use adjectives, I use adverbs, I use descriptive words, and I will say way, way, way back, right? Or it's super duper long time ago. And I, I say these things, the Bible doesn't use super duper. Uh, instead, it just repeats. And so through repetition, I make connections. And so right here in John chapter 1, John, writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but literally the Apostle John is writing this book, and he starts with in the beginning. Now, there's another book that starts with in the beginning. Do you know what it is? Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So he's using this on purpose. He wants to draw your attention back to Genesis. Okay? In the beginning was the Word. I'm going to stop again, and I won't, it, won't, it won't be this annoying the whole time, okay? But I'm going to stop again. In the beginning, it was the Word. Do you notice that Word is capitalized here? And this is something that we've done in our English language to help you. And so this was all written in Greek, and the Greek word that we are using for Word is actually logos. And that is where we get our word logic, so isn't it strange that we translate logic into word? Well, it's not as simple as that. Because logos is a word, but it's the meaning behind the word. It's the purpose for the word. It's why you used the word. Okay? And so, uh, in the beginning, in the beginning, back to Genesis, was the word, was the logic was the purpose, was the reason. In the beginning was the Word. Now, who is the Word? I'm going to go ahead and spoil this for you because John's going to make a great case for who the Word is, and the Word is Jesus, okay? In the beginning was Jesus. You're like, whoa, 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 I've read Genesis, because all of us have done that. I want to read the Bible once, right? And you get through Genesis, and you're like, this is not bad. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you get to Exodus, and you're like, I'm done. I am. Some of y'all even got past Exodus. You got to Leviticus, and you just woke up from your nap. I mean, it is a snoozer until you get a little farther along, and it becomes fascinating at some point. Uh, but, you know, on your first read-through, you get to Leviticus, and you're like, I, there's not enough coffee in the world for me to finish this. And so, but you've read Genesis, and you're like, I don't remember it talking about Jesus. Hold on. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In the beginning was Jesus. In the beginning was your reason. In the beginning was your purpose. In the beginning was the captain. Come on. In the beginning was the captain. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. Ooh, so he's there in the beginning. Hold on, it gets tricky. And the Word was God. So Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. Question? Yeah, yeah, we all have that question. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. He was with God. He was God. Think about this. If I have a, uh, and, and I should have I should have brought something. I brought some props today, but I didn't bring this one, and I, I meant to. Um, if I have a, a plane, and I have a three-dimensional object under the plane, 
and it protrudes in three separate places. And I can move all of the, I've got to be careful which fingers I use. And I can move all of these individually. They all have their own personality of sorts. But there is one will between them. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you go back to Genesis, you see in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, right? And so you see, you see God the Father there. You see God the Spirit there. And now you have Jesus being said that he was in the beginning. Where was that? I'll show you. Just hang on. But you have all three of the Trinity there in the beginning. We call this the Trinity. Trinity, try, three, or all the way back in the beginning. And so who's the captain of the ship? It's Jesus. Well, who is that? Well, he was with God in the beginning, and he was God in the beginning. Three separate entities, one will. Got it? This is an introduction. Now, I'm going to take you, this, this same thing actually happens also in the book of John, but, but I'm, I, I, I want to show you in the book of Matthew really quickly. I want to show you one more time because I'm just introducing to you uh, who we're talking about. Go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 with me. This will be on the screen for you. Uh, this is the baptism of Jesus. John the Bab- Baptist, the baptizer, is baptizing people. Jesus shows up. When Jesus was baptized, John baptized Jesus. There's Jesus. We've got Jesus there. He went up immediately from the water. The heaven, the heaven suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. There's the Holy Spirit right there. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all showing up in one time in one place. This is supposed to take you back to the beginning. Because Jesus, we learned, is the last Adam. Adam gets to start humanity, messes up. Whoop, big flood, Noah gets to start humanity. He's another Adam. Whoop, we have a few atoms in between, and Jesus finally comes, and they're taking us back to the beginning for a reason. Why? Because this is the last Adam. This is the last start. This is why God had to become flesh so that we could finally get it right. Theology 101. Jesus was there in the beginning. Think about it. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and and Adam walked with God. You're always like, well, that'd be cool. I want to see what God looks like. God is not a human. In fact, John chapter 118 says that no man has ever seen God. So who was Adam walking with? John chapter 1, verse 3. Here we go. We're back on. All things were created through him, and apart from him not one thing was created that has been created all things so jesus was in the beginning and all things were created through him nothing was made without the knowledge of jesus he had input in on everything all things were uh, how many things were created through him all things were created through him uh that means you how about that all things were created through him you, you were created through him. So Jesus had a part. I mean, you don't, you guys, you, you walk out. I got a construction background. So, man, in March, have you ever tried to hang, a, hang up a metal building in March? What's the problem? 
Yeah, you, you hold up a sheet of tin, and the wind is just, there's not, I, I couldn't put four of you on one 20-foot sheet of tin and hold it straight up and get you to hold it. Yet you've got all of these pine trees that sat there through all of these storms, and you go, wow, what a brilliant design. And we think, God, thank you. Thank you that you made this. You made this specific. You made this beautiful. We have dicots. We have monocots. Some roots go straight down. Some branch out. And it's just all perfect for the scenario. Do you look in the mirror and see anything different? You are created through him. All was created through him. Colossians 1.16 says this. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth. The visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and by Him all things hold together. Jesus was the plan from the beginning. And humanity kept messing it up, God knowing that we would do it, but we had to exhaust all of the options before Jesus came and did something perfect. Otherwise, we might think that we could reach salvation, that we could reach grandeur on our own. But we know through history, you know through personal experience that you cannot, and so we need this captain to get us where we're going. I need to be on his ship, and I need him steering because, see if I can get an amen on this one, most of the time I don't know exactly which way to go. Amen. <laughs> Most of the time, I'm not exactly sure which way to go, so I'm happy to have a captain. Now, occasionally, there's something shiny, and I'd like to go see it, and the captain says no, and I don't like it, and it becomes very inconvenient. I'm like, is there a jet ski on this place? Is there, can I just veer off and then come back? Is there a way? But the captain takes me where he wants me to go, but I have to choose whether or not I want to be on this. Verse 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Mm. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Okay, 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 okay. Adam is formed out of the dirt. You know that that's... The, the Hebrew word Adam, just see how I did that. Sound good? Sounded pro? The Hebrew word Adam, okay, means dirt. This is where we get Adam, Adam. Okay? And Adam is formed, but there is no life in him until God came and. Breathed a spirit. You know the word spirit's not really in the Bible, it's just wind. But kind of like word is like the meaning behind the word, wind is like the power behind the wind. What comes from the wind. And so God gave his ruach, his wind into Adam and Adam became alive. He has a spirit. This is what God has put into you. You have a spirit in you, and in him is life. And so your spirit longs for its creator. 
And so we believe as Christians that there is an intrinsic value in a human. That is why Christians throughout times, although we get a bad rap, that's why in Rome they were throwing away babies and Christians were the ones going to get it. That's why when Katrina or Harvey or whatever hurricane hits, the church is three days ahead of the Red Cross. That's why when carbon burns down, the church is the one who takes care of it. That's why the fight for abortion has been fought largely by Christians because we believe that you are more than tissue. There is a... There's a wind, there's a life that has been breathed in you by God and that gives you an intrinsic great value because you, like creation, were made in thought by Jesus Himself and He did not create you on accident. You are not plan B. Jesus was not plan B. Jesus did not see the earth and go, I gave them life and I gave them all this stuff but they're messing up. I guess I'm going to have to come do it. You want something done? You got to do it yourself. It was all part of the plan. He is the only plan and there is no plan B. There is no plan B. Jesus has always been the only one. We talked about last week. Adam is formed. He goes to sleep. What is that a picture of? And this king went and slept with his fathers. It always says they sleep when they die. And so Adam, and from his side comes his bride. And so that's a picture of the church. It has always been Jesus. It has always been about the captain. This is not an afterthought that we're living. Listen to John 15, 11. As Christians, this is some of what we believe. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Now, John chapter 15, the whole thing is this great allegory about uh, the vine and the branches and that he's the vine and you're the branches. And if you cut the branch off without the vine, it's not fed, it dies. And so that's why we are um, evangelical. That's why we take the gospel to people. It's not just like, it's, it's, it's yes, we believe that there is a heaven and hell but also it's like for life right now. If you will be connected to the vine, you will grow and you will bear fruit. And that is the point in a fruit tree. So that it will disseminate its seed and so that it will spread. And now it has purpose. Now it gives fruit to others. Now it makes joyful life for others. And so we see people living in a world and we see their intrinsic value because we believe they have the, the ruach, the breath of God, the life of God in them. And we go, but I know why. And until you understand why, I don't think that you will ever be fulfilled. And so he says, remain in me as I remain in you and you'll bear much fruit. And it takes work. We had an army of volunteers show up here. Their only day off, showing up this morning, not even able to bring coffee into the auditorium when you get in here. Like, how sad is that part? Uh, But we are grateful to the college for allowing us in here. So we want this to look nice when we're done but they they wake up they get here early they work their butts off to get all of this ready why because they have purpose because they're disseminating a seed because they're bearing fruit because they're leading their brothers and sisters that they love to purpose in life and we believe that as jesus uh, as jesus said through through uh No, this was actually John quoting Jesus. I've told you these things so that you may have joy, uh, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. 
We want people to have their joy made complete. We want them to experience the purpose and the reason why God has placed us on the earth. And that's what our captain gives us. And it's not always fun, but it's always full. I didn't even have that written down. Nobody's taking notes. It's not always fun, but I'm always full. And that's why all these volunteers show up. And that's why there are people out there trying to to wrestle your kids into submission right now. Because they see an intrinsic value and the captain said, this is the one that I've made. Take care of her. Show him. Back to John 1.4. In him was life and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome it. And the darkness has tried to overcome the light that is in you. And there is darkness in the world, and you are the light. And light always wins against uh, darkness. We run to darkness when there is something that we are doing that we know is wrong because I can, I can conceal a matter in the dark. And sometimes it's scary to come to the captain because he's like got this headlamp that he's always looking right into my soul. Have you? And, and don't, don't answer because I already know you have. Have you ever found it difficult to pray after you've sinned? <laughs> That's the worst, isn't it? It's like when you finally get desperate enough that you know that you need to pray, but then when you go to the captain, you know he already knows what you've done wrong because he just has this light, and you're like, stop looking into my soul all the time. Let me just get away with something. But the captain always knows what goes on on his ship. And so I said this the other day, there's a lot of scandals that go on in churches and with Christians and, and, and pastors, and you're like, well, these pastors are always getting found out because, why do you think they're getting found out? Because the captain doesn't put up with that on his ship. And so he has this light and he's looking into us, but understand it is for your good and there is forgiveness. He's not shining the light on it because he hates you, because he wants to mock you, because he wants failure for you. He's shining it because he wants you to overcome it through his light. He conceals a matter for our own good. Jesus knows what goes on in the boat at all times, and that's the thing. My fear is for the church, especially in the West. Listen, I have seen the church in the East, and they had nothing My fear is for the church in the West that we want to be on the boat, but we want to smuggle some stuff. And he says, no, 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 I'm I'm, I'm the captain of the ship, and I know what goes on on my ship. And so he cares about you, about your salvation. And we've all sinned on his ship. This is not Magellan. He will not hang you with your arms behind your back. The Bible says in Romans, wherever sin increased, grace increased all the more. We are not, we are not children. We are not dogs having our, our noses rubbed in a spot in the carpet. He is trying to help us overcome something, not rub our nose in it, not shame us 
for it. But understand that if you want to be on the ship, He will always know. And that's my fear is that we're telling people to come on the ship, not telling them that the captain don't play around. He is a good father who disciplines the children that he loves, but he does it fair. He does it fair and he does it graciously, but he does it. Let, let, me, let me give you an example of this. So as a captain on the ship, if you guys have watched any Looney Tunes, you know Yosemite Sam was just the worst captain. And so on occasion, bugs would get smuggled onto a ship, and he would always do something crazy. And then what would he have to do? Walk the plank. Any volunteers to walk the plank this morning? Y'all think I'm kidding. Come on. I saw a couple hands come up, and I was just like, I need somebody that weighs less than me, but I don't know, brother. This might go poorly. This might go poorly. Okay. Here we go, here we go. Now, here's, now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because first we've got to condemn you to die. Now, now Ambrose, Ambrose, um, have you sinned? Yes. That's enough for me, okay? You're out of here, because sin separates us from God, right? And so if, if God is the captain of the ship and I'm separated from God, where else there's there to go but walk the plank? And so this was all of humanity where we would sin and then something would have to keep us off of that plank. There would always have to be a sacrifice. But do you know that the people were sacrificing and they would sacrifice maybe like a blind animal. They would sacrifice a lame animal which was not allowed. And they would sacrifice with no repentance in their heart for what they had done. They're just trying to appease God. And he eventually began to detest their sacrifice. And so if God detests the very thing that keeps you from the plank, now there's nothing to separate you from having to walk the plank. And so Ambrose, I guess you're going to have to go. And so what happened is, now stop right there, stop right there. What, man, this man has faith. He's got more faith than I do. Uh, so what happens is the captain says, come on back. The captain says, no, and I really need you to stand right there. The captain, the captain says, no, I'll do it for you. You understand that you are, you've got my life in your hands. You understand that in our story, the hero dies for the villain. Understand in our story, the captain took the place of the criminal. Thank you, Thank you. Understand that Jesus walked the plank so that you could stay on the boat. And this is the measure. Thank you, brother. That's all, that's all we needed. Whew. Went better than, than it could have. So understand that while the captain knows what's going on on his ship, understand that there is forgiveness. Now, if you're a parent, you understand that forgiveness does not always equal no punishment. He is a good father, and sometimes we are punished. God says you can't expect to sow seeds of unrighteousness and grow righteousness. So we reap what we sow, and that applies not only in the kingdom of heaven, but especially in the kingdom of heaven. 
Of course. But understand that the captain is not here to rub your nose in your mistakes. He's here to shine a light on your mistakes so that you know that you've made mistakes, so that you understand what he did when he took your place. No matters are concealed on the boat. But all matters are covered. Nobody walks a plank on his boat. Now there has to be. Somebody's got to pay. Somebody has to pay for sin. It's always been that way. But he chose to do it. And where there used to be detestable sacrifices, remember the only thing that kept men off the plank was an animal sacrifice. There has to be blood that pays for the sin, right? And then eventually even that became detestable to God. And so Jesus comes, the captain comes, and sacrifices himself. And our captain is perfect. Therefore, there is no other sacrifice necessary to be made. Because his sacrifice was so perfect that it not only paid for my first trip to the plank, it paid for my second and my third and also the ones that I do in the future. You say, well, that sounds too good to be true. Well, live on the boat for a little while with the captain staring into your soul and then talk to me. It doesn't always feel too good to be true. I know that's why I worship in spirit and in truth. Because some days I'm like... And he pulls me back, and I'm like, thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And some days I'm like, I want to go visit that over there. And the captain says, we're going this way. That's why I worship in spirit and in truth. Because some days I feel it, and some days I know it. Some days I know it and feel it. Those are good days. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's feeding trough. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. I fear that we have people on the ship, and, and I'm going to tell you that maybe, maybe someone, you know, you went as a child and they said, there's goodies on the ship, right? I was a spiritual babe. I didn't know what I was getting into. I understand, but understand this, he's the captain of the ship regardless. And I hear this term all the time, well, I believe that, all right, let me, let me just ask you, let me just ask you, because if you're on the boat, because if you're off the boat, you can believe whatever you want to believe, okay? You can believe whatever you want to believe, but if you choose to get on this captain's ship, why do you believe that? Did the captain say it? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? This is why we're so big on the Word of God. Because often people come, well, I believe that God would never. Well, did He say that? Because through, through the thousands and thousands of years of recorded history, opinions of what is moral and not has changed always. Which is why we have the Bible, a standard to go back to regardless of our culture, regardless of our context, and say, this is what is right, this is what is moral, this is what the captain says. And so when I say, I believe that, it really doesn't matter on the boat. What matters is, he said, those are the rules on the ship. You don't have to be on it. 
We want you with all of our heart. There's forgiveness. There's grace. You never have to walk the plank on this ship. This ship is going to the only place that will survive the end. Every other boat we believe will sink. This is the only way out. And this is why we go out, picking people up. Get on the ship. You don't have to, but let me tell you, it's peaceful on the ship. John the Baptist was like, hey, listen, I don't know, Jesus, are you the one? And so he sent his disciples out to ask Jesus, are you the one? And Jesus was like, look around. What do you see? Church, look around. What do you see? We see people who are here, and they're changing complete cultures of their family. Some of you will never have to treat your children the way that you were treated as a child. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Some of you have broken addiction. And, and you've tried a hundred times on your own and you could not overcome it, but when you started to follow the teachings of Jesus, you overcome. Some of you have never liked yourself. And when you start following His rules that you didn't even necessarily agree with in the beginning, now you know your worth. Look around. Do His teachings not work? I've always thought it'd be cool if Jesus would just do something. Like, listen, if you're the captain, this is the way that you really want it. Here's what I want. Just, just like bring fire down from the sky. Oh, wait, he did that, didn't he? He did that for Elijah. Okay, if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna do this, then humanity is just terrible. Just wipe it out and let's start over. Oh, he did that in Genesis, didn't he? Tell you what, if you are really the one, then I want you to bring somebody back from the dead. Oh no, wait. Okay, God, if you're really there, why don't you come down yourself and talk to us? Oh wait. He did that. And so I have all of these things that I would like to see done, and he did it, and still people would not follow. Why? Because there is no way to get around faith. Follow him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse 12, but all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be Children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. He gave you the right to become His child. Not only am I on the captain's ship, I'm His son. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. He said, I know where to go. I'm the only one who knows how to get there. I'm going to my Father's house. Get on the ship, and I will take you. And there are no other ships going that direction. In fact, as you get on this ship and you begin to follow the teachings of Jesus, you will notice that you're actually passing most ships going the other direction. <laughs> Not because I'm a better sailor, because I've got a better ship. I'm not better than anyone that I've passed headed the other direction just on the right boat it's not out of arrogance it's out of join me please because you were made by the one who made all things and I love you because you have an intrinsic value you're my brother and sister because out of the same we were made John 14 
says he's the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. I want the worship team to go ahead and come up. And um, I hope that uh, for any of you with questions, I would, I would love to meet you. Truly, our, uh, our, our, our student building is just, just right over here. There's Shooter's Cafe on, on the highway. It's the building right behind it. You'll see me. We'll be there. We'll have pizza for you. We'd love to talk about the church and all the things that, that we're, we're doing. All, that, all that's well and good. But listen, we want you on this boat. Because for so many people in this room, this has brought us peace. This has been our salvation. I'm telling you right now, there are people in this room that say, literally, I would not be alive had Jesus not intervened. You understand? I would have killed myself by now, either intentionally or unintentionally. I would have wrecked my family by now, intentionally or unintentionally. I would not have a life worth living because I tried it my own way. And until I got on the boat and started following his teachings, and church, this is the whole point. I want you to know your captain. We believe that there is a God who created everything, that sees value in you, that wants you to follow by His rules, by His teaching, because He keeps a tight rein on His ship. I want you to know that you will make mistakes and there is forgiveness, but still this is the only place going to eternity with the Father. And every religion, by the way, has that. We call it a mutually exclusive truth claim. You say, well, that's arrogant to think that you're the only one going. There's not a religion that doesn't have that. Well, and, and I can go further into that, but we, we could argue that at a different time. He says he's the only way. And th- here's what you have to do, church, because I went through this. I went through more than a decade of this. Try it. Follow him. And see if it doesn't lead you to peace. See if it doesn't lead you to life. Fine. How do I try it? I'm glad you asked. I have four things and then we're done. The first thing I want you to do, y'all help me out, is pray. I want you to just begin to pray to God. Just, just pour out your heart to God. Close your eyes. Imagine you're in your favorite place talking to Jesus and just talk to Him. The second thing I want you to do is read. I want you to read your Bible. You say, I'm not, a, I'm, not a great, I'm not a great reader. I believe that the Holy Spirit will read to you, and this will be part of your experience. If you've never read the Bible before, start right where we just started in John. I already took you through like the first 18 verses. Now you can, John chapter 1 verse 19, write it on your hand. There you go. Go home. After service, not, not right now. That hurt my feelings. All right, I want you to read your Bible. Third thing is I want you to go to church. Boom, you're already doing it. Look at you go. And the fourth thing is I want you to be the church. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but until you apply it, you have not planted that seed and will not yet bear fruit. I want you to read your Bible. I want you to to pray, read your Bible, go to church, and be the church. And you will find out who the captain is. And here's what I believe. I believe that you will fall more in love with a captain than any human that you've ever met in your life. That's what his teachings will bring you. And it will come through pain because he will shine a light. He will shine a light on all the dark places, all the secrets, all the things that I don't want anyone to know about. But let me just tell you this, he already knows. 
the Holy Spirit's convicting you and you have no secrets from Him. Think about that thought. You are fully known by only one person because there's a secret that you have from everybody else. There is a secret that you have that no human on this earth knows and the Father still knows you. You are exposed and He fully loves you. Because isn't that your fear? Isn't that why you haven't told anyone? Because you fear that I would be rejected if they really knew who I was? And has the Holy Spirit not brought you here for a reason? Has God not pursued you into this place? You are exposed before Him and He still fully loves you. We want you on the boat. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for the way that you run your ship, the kingdom of God. We thank you that you are a captain, that you are a fair captain. We thank that you, you thank you that you're a gracious captain, that you have mercy for all of my darkest secrets. I praise you for your mercy. God, I pray that you will continue to speak to us, that you will speak through us, that we will go out and bear fruit. God, last week I prayed that everyone would have an opportunity to share your love, and that you would set the ball on the tee and that we would hit it. And God, I, I know that there are many who can say today, it happened, the ball was set on the tee and I didn't hit it. God, thank you that you forgive us for that. And thank you that you're not done with us. Do it again, Lord. I believe that somebody will take the shot this week. Do it again, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, the worship team is going to play one more song. Baskets are going to uh, come forward. Uh, that is the appropriate place to, to, to put your tithe and offering. It's part of the way that we worship as believers. But also uh, your connection card. If there's something we can walk with, walk through with you, uh, write that down. Uh, put on your connection card. Uh, better yet, though, we would love to just visit with you. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this place. I'm going to go over to Pizza with Pastor. Uh, but we have a prayer team who will be here on the front row when service is over. And they would love to just pray with you. So, church, thank you so much uh, for all of your work setting this place up today. Uh, but we love you. If you're not part of us, I, would, I need you to understand we love you. I, you don't know what I've done. I, I know. And you don't know what I've done. I may have one on you. We love you. Please stand and worship with us.